0: It's Friday, Kai. Okay, Come on, give me a break here. Aren't we supposed to start uh, the show look, now?
1: Look, I, I hear you.
0: I hear you. Oh, boy.
1: Yeah, buddy. Hey, everybody. I'm Kai Rizdal. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make the day make sense as soon as we get around to it.
0: I know. I'm Kimberly Adams. Thank you to everyone who is joining us on the YouTube live stream and on the podcast for, as you just heard, Kai opening his beer, (laughs) Economics on Tap. I think we all need this at the end of the week. Uh, Today, we're going to do a news fix then play a game of Half Full, Half Empty. If you are watching on the live stream, don't forget, we're going to have a little interactive question at the end of Half Full, Half Empty, a little audience poll. Uh, but first up, Kai, which beer are you drinking today?
1: So I, uh, I was off yesterday. I was on a, I was on a trip and I walked back into my office today and there was a case of beer there, uh, as sometimes happens, which is always fun. So I split it, uh, half between the engineers and half between me. Um, and I brought home something called, it's from Cellar Maker Brewing, brewing rather in San Francisco. And I'm drinking a zero complaints, hazy West Coast IPA hope we can see that. Mm, can it's see got that? a pretty yes. can. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, it does have a pretty can. And it's a little bit like wine labels, right? I mean, you know, you, uh, you go yeah. by the can. Anyway, so let me uh, let me have a sip. maker. So if you send it to me, thank you. And if you are from Celebrator, uh thank you again. And um, here we go.
0: And you were just upset that I got chips.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, I was because, you know, I talk about <laughs> beer all the time. And every now and then people send me beer. But it had been a very long time. And then, like, mana from heaven came this beer. And I was like, okay, I'm good with that. <laughs>
0: Well, there you go, there you go.
1: You got chips, I get beer. There we go, all right, what are you
0: drinking? Uh, I am drinking out of my Make Me Smart Jasper Tumbler, which matches the cat. I don't know if you all can see him. He's (laughs) staring at you, Kai, at the the moment. (laughs) Um, But yes, the Make Me Smart Jasper Tumbler. have wine in it. Uh, It is Costco wine, and it is delicious.
1: That's awesome. Costco mm. wine's not bad. I mean, you know, you got two-buck Chuck. You got all this stuff, right? You know.
0: Well, on to the news fix. Okay. Uh, yours was so cool.
1: Mine's amazing. I'm really psyched about this. Okay, so I'll go since we're talking about it. Yes. <clears throat> the temptation for me today was to do jobs, blah, blah, blah. Interest rates, blah, blah, blah. Labor market, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I just didn't have it in me because, oh, my <laughs> God, do I need a break. And so I was reading the New York Times uh, on the plane home today, uh, and there was this incredible, incredible interactive video, uh, interactive uh, thing, not a video, it was photography actually, on the Supreme Court of the annual portraits that the nine justices do. Um, and what you can learn or discern, I guess, about the court uh, by looking at those portraits over time. Uh, the justices famously are not uh, televised, right, in the chambers. Mm-hmm. They only rarely give public speeches that they allow to be televised. So they are inarguably the most secretive branch of the American government. And this is one of the main ways that the public can see them. And so at the time mm-hmm. spent a lot of time figuring out how to interpret those photographs. And we will put it on the show page. And they go back so to the cool, first yeah. group portrait in 1865-ish, right after the Civil War. And they, sh- and they show that portrait, and then they go through the whole history of it. And, and there are two amazing things in this, two amazing things that I learned, or one that I saw and one that I learned in, in this interactive thing. And it's so cool. One is that they, it only takes like seven or eight portraits over time, right, to trace the justices on today's court back to the original portrait in 1865-ish right? So you trace a specific justice who served with this one, and then this one served with this one, and then this served with this one, and then this served with this one, right? And it's really cool, and it goes all the way back. So that's thing number one. You can just trace it historically, and that, of course, appeals to me because I like history and I like photography. The The other amazing picture in this collection is from 1976, and it's what the Times calls the building's support staff, which in 1976 was Uh, six black men sitting in the chairs that the justices put out for uh, the portraits, or that are put out for the justices for the portraits. And it's these guys just sitting in chairs looking at the camera. And it's so evocative of so many things. It's evocative of the 70s. It's evocative of race in this country. It's evocative of the fact that in 1976 and until uh, Thurgood Marshall was appointed and then Ketanji Brown Jackson this time, uh, the idea of having uh, black Americans on that court was, was you know, unbelievable, right? Um, and it's just, it was crazy. I literally stopped and I went, whoa. So anyway, we'll put it on the show page. It's really so worth literally just five minutes of your time. It's so cool. So cool.
0: And... To not give all the spoilers of this amazing piece, the thing that jumped out to me the most was, you know, that thing you kind of always wonder when you're looking at the picture, it's like, I wonder how they decide who sits where there's oh, yeah. a system and it's there's a really code. cool oh, yeah. system yeah. so you should yeah. l- look at the piece it's so good and the system is yeah. really fascinating and I think I'm gonna yeah. like force a similar system on my next like family portrait or something like that oh my god you should be especially be given dorky. especially
1: given your sister's thing about photography and videos and all oh, that gosh, you totally should costumes her holiday
0: pictures on, are I'm epic <laughs> no she's she's traveling the world <laughs> uh, Right now, oh, is she she's good for her? yet again oh, on a cruise ship.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Well, good for her. Good for her.
0: Yes. Uh, so, I have a supply chain story that is okay. actually pretty huge that I didn't even know was happening. And it's got hints of your Port of LA stuff mixed with the oh, ever yeah. given stuff. <laughs> so, apparently, yeah. Yeah. because of the drought that we've had this year, The water levels on the Mississippi River are so low that barges are getting stuck and there's a backlog of barges on the Mississippi River to the point that they are having to lighten loads, run fewer barges down the river. They're worried about um, water salinity because some. Some communities drinking water comes from Mississippi. So the Army Corps of Engineers oh, wow. is going to have to go in and build like a, um, a sill, like a like a little sort of um, speed bump to stop salt water from getting into the river and oh, contaminating wow. drinking That's water. Um, yeah. But the cost of let me go to this um, ag web story. This is really let's see. The Well below the five-year average, and it's continuing to drop, with lower water levels. Vessel operators and shippers have had to use lighter loads per barge because of draft restrictions and fewer barges per tow. And um, Hmm. American Commercial Barge Line said tonnages per southbound barge have been reduced 20 to 27 percent. Moreover, the number of barges per tow has been reduced by 17 to 38 percent. The industry has also experienced groundings and intermittent outages. And as of October 4th, the cost per ton to ship from St. Louis to the Gulf was $90.45 a ton, up 218% from last year and up 379% from the three-year average. And this is super important because it's harvest season. Right. And so all of these farmers trying to get their soybeans and their corn and whatever else they're harvesting downriver or, you know, upriver if you're going the other direction. Like this is a huge part of how foodstuffs move through, well, not through, but around the country. And so that's going to put even more pressure on truckers. And yeah, so big supply chain story that may factor into food prices this winter.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely an inflation story, for sure. And to everybody in the in the YouTube chat who's saying, you got to talk to the barge guy again, I definitely have to call Austin Golding down at <clears throat> down in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and get a hold of him and see what he says. Because that's yeah. his whole thing, right? Yeah. He runs oil and petroleum up and down the river. Wow. Probably yeah, not so, that much oh, of it sorry, right now. So, Right, exactly. And so what this means, I, I hate to bring it back to interest rates and inflation, blah, 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 after that cool Supreme Court thing, but... This is Mm -hmm. an inflation story, and this is a Fed story, and it's an interest rate story, and food prices are going to keep going up, and holy – right? It just – it never seems to end.
0: Ryan in the Discord chat says in North Minneapolis, the river is at least six feet lower than it was in July.
1: Wow. That seems like a lot. Yeah. I don't know anything about rivers, but
0: well, it usually gets lower this time of year, but this is much lower. Mm-hmm. And so it's climate change. It's the drought. It's, you know, everything. So with yeah. that, man. <laughs> happy Pulling way on down. a Friday. <laughs>
1: it's all, it's all uh, maybe it's I should
0: have gone first. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right. We're going to do that thing we do. Drew, Drew's like downtown. He's like, no, 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 man. We're moving on. It's my turn now. My
0: yes. Turn now. And, yes, we are now going to play Half Full, Half Empty. This is the game hosted by the amazing Drew Jostad. And we don't forget, we're going to have an interactive portion at the end. Drew, go ahead. What are we doing?
2: Okay, REI announced that every part of its business will be closed on Black Friday every year. Are you half full or half empty?
1: I'm so full. I think... Black Friday is BS. Well, I think we've had some over the year. I don't over the years. I don't know if it was if it was Black Friday. I was in Italy in on Thanksgiving of 2018, and they were having Black Friday sales. Think about that for a minute. I was in Italy, where they don't celebrate Thanksgiving, and they were having Black Friday sales. You kidding me?
0: Mm. I just, it's
1: just terrible. It's the worst of American consumerism. I'm I'm all the way full. Everybody would be closed on Black Friday. Everybody on.
0: There's an amazing short story that was – I took a short story writing class last year. And one of the stories that we looked at, I think it was called Friday Black. And it's sort of like Hmm. a a story about Black Friday on steroids. And it's just such an interesting investigation of – look at at sort of raw consumerism and in some ways the violence of it and you know sort of amping up the injuries that you sometimes see on black friday to like the nth degrees it's a really great story i'll i'll look it up and find a link to it for the show notes uh if it's somewhere online
1: have you ever participated in black friday have you ever gotten up at three o'clock in the morning and gone and stood in line
0: no, my, uh, my sister tried to get me to go with her once um, Not the sister that you know, but my other sister And I was just like, absolutely not I like to sleep oh, And I don't want to be around I, people <laughs> So
1: I, I, d- I did once, back in the early days of the Xbox I went down to the Target That's t- sort of between here and downtown Standing in line at 4 o'clock in the morning By the time it got to my turn at the door The Xboxes were all gone I was like, screw this, I'm never doing this again
0: yeah, it's anyway. I, rarely yeah, it's worth it. The, anyway, I'm full, just, all the yeah. way full. Yes. Let's all go outside. Yes. What's next?
1: Sorry.
2: Very all good. right, just to answer your question, they've been doing it on a year-by-year basis, but it's now permanent. Ah. All right. Half full good or half empty on the CHIPS Act, easing the semiconductor shortage.
0: Half Full go, you, in the long term. You, you um, long term, right. That's I mean, the I- I'm all the way full in the long term. I mean, but half full on it making a difference in the short term in a way that we need it right now. But I mean, you just had a story mm-hmm. on your show today about how today. the demand for chips is down.
1: Yep. Right. That's exactly right. People are buying fewer computers, and that's eventually going to free some tu- some some chips up. But the supply chain is not fixed yet. There are high end chips and lower end chips, and there's a lot of bifurcation in the market. I just it um, uh, the chips act yes, fine, great. We need that, but it's that's like a that's like a years long runway before that ever impacts the supply chain. So uh, you know, I'm full. I'm full on the chips act.
0: Yeah. The CHIPS Act is really interesting because it's like the most money the Department of Commerce has ever oh, gotten for anything. And so they're having to like scale up this whole operation to distribute these funds. They want to set up these innovation hubs all over the country and do all of these things because this could be life-changing money to some communities to really? get some of these new factories and training facilities and things where they are.
1: Didn't, didn't you talk to Raimano about this, the Secretary of Commerce?
0: I did. I did a while back. And I'm a listener. That's when she was, I'm a listener. <laughs> she was really pushing um, for Congress to pass it at the time. And right, one of the things right. I asked her was, like, is Commerce ready for this kind of influx of cash? And she was like, we're going <laughs> to be. We're going to be.
2: We're going to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. All right. All right. Ahead.
0: What else?
2: Half full or half empty on Productivity Theater.
1: Oh, so this is an interview I did with a woman from Vox, from Recode by Vox, which is the branding, about how mm-hmm. in these days of work from home, we are sometimes performatively productive because nobody's looking over our shoulders. And it turned into actually what's really interesting about this it turned into a conversation about trust between supervisors and their supervisees, managers and their and their and their people about you know. Trust people to get the work done because that's what we do. We're professionals and you don't have to like harp on us all the time and don't make me jiggle the mouse key to make sure that I can show you that I'm working is the short answer. Uh, It was really interesting. I think productivity theater is is um, painful. I also think it's not new Um, and I'm okay. I'm going to cop out. I'm kind of neutral on it because we all do it. Uh,
0: I'm I'm going to go half empty Uh, because, A, it's dumb, Uh, because if you're getting the work done, does it matter if (laughs) Uh, it looks like you're busy? Right, right, right. You know? Right. And... I've seen a lot of commentary online that one of the reasons and, you know, this is a very cynical view that one of the reasons that a lot of um, sort of senior executives and people in the management uh, cadres of the world don't like remote work is because a big part of their job was just sort of walking around the office, making sure people looked busy. And without that, you know, what are they going to do with their lives? And, you know, looking busy is is. I mean, on the, on the one hand, if somebody doesn't look busy, like when I've been an intern and someone would say, hey, you don't look that busy. Here's a project you can do that would give me an opportunity <laughs> for advancement or to learn something yeah, new. Yeah. And so sort of assessing some and, you know, at the same time, if somebody looks really busy, you're not going to talk to them. Leave them, Well, ideally, right, not talk right. to them. Anyhow, you can go on for this today. Half empty. But...
1: Yeah, sorry. Yes. Okay, let's move on, because we can go on on this forever, actually, (laughs) because I've got thoughts. All right, Drew, please, save us from ourselves.
2: Kim Kardashian and the SEC have settled on a $1.26 million fine connected to her promoting a crypto token. Are you half full or half empty?
1: I'm half full on Ms. Kardashian uh, having to pay the fine, although it's worth noting that it was $1.3 million in fine and a disgorgement of the $250,000 she was paid, which she made back probably in the half hour after the fine was announced by her various enterprises. Let me say here parenthetically that Kim Kardashian is an amazing businesswoman, and I would love to have her on Marketplace, close parentheses. But, oh my God, people do not buy crypto just because Kim Kardashian tells you to buy crypto. That's what I got.
0: So, <laughs> I've I've made it no secret that I'm not the biggest fan of the Kardashian Empire. Yeah, uh, totally. But on this one, I'm actually going to go half empty. Because even though I do think that there should be penalties for, you know, celebrities hawking this stuff, I can't help but note that the guys who were doing these really big ads did not get penalized because of a teeny tiny loophole in the law. Where they were promoting crypto companies, whereas she was promoting a particular coin. And that's why she got dinged and not some of these people who were like fortune favors the brave by crypto. And so, yes, I do think there needs to be way more enforcement on this. Yes, she should have paid the fine. No, it's not really going to matter to her. Maybe it'll be a chilling effect for other celebrities to stop doing it. But I just it feels a little unfair.
1: Well, so I, I, I don't disagree with that except for the technicality, right? Because she did it on Instagram and didn't disclose that that Instagram post was sponsored. Matt, uh, who's his face, Fortune Favors the Brave, did an ad on television where it's clear he's being paid for his participation. So I think that's the difference.
0: Hmm. I thought I didn't know that she didn't disclose it. I thought it was.
1: Yeah, that's that's disclo- the thing. No, she didn't disclose that she was being paid.
0: yeah. All of it is icky. Just as Kai yeah, it's said. Totally don't,
1: don't don't do it. Don't do don't it. Just don't. <laughs> just just don't.
0: All right. Don't. Is this the last one or we have more?
1: I don't know. This is it.
0: Okay, all so right, this well, is the last right, one. Hang
1: on. Hang on. This is the poll. This mm-hmm. is the poll. So So
0: folks on the YouTube live stream, get, get ready poll. to join us on the half full, half empty analysis. Go, Drew. All
2: right. Are you half full or half empty? on having a 12-foot-tall skeleton as a Halloween decoration.
1: Oh, my God. What? (laughs) What,
0: So this is like a recurring thing every year. I I don't know if it's either Home Depot or Lowe's or one of these big home stores has this like 12-foot-tall skeleton that always sells out every year at Halloween, and it's sort of very kitschy. Oh, uh, Mel just dropped it into the uh, Slack. That's a giant... Look, if I had a, okay.
1: No, you no, you go, and then I'll go. You go, and then I'll if,
0: go. If I had a house, I would 100% go for it if it was on my, oh my theme God. for that year. Oh because God. if I had a house, like I probably would be very thematic for my Halloween decorations. Like my uncle, he's bought these massive spider webs and big spiders. So he's basically going to drape them off of his house and into the yard so that it looks like a giant cobweb with spiders crawling down it and stuff. So I'm very excited to see that. And I can definitely imagine him like sticking a twelve foot skeleton somewhere in that cobweb.
1: Full Okay, first I would like I would I would like to note that Kimberly Adams has themes for her Halloween. Number one. Number two, a very brief story here. I drive my daughter to school every day. And the other day we were driving to school and she said, and I had, I had missed the previous day because whatever, my wife had a driver. And and she said, dad, 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 did you see those giant skeleton things at this house on Vero as we were going to school? And I'm like, no, sweetie, I didn't. And also I'm not big into giant skeleton things because I'm going to do more parenthetically. You don't like scary things. Because parenthetically, I don't like scary things and Halloween is the worst holiday of the year. Fight me close parentheses anyway so we drive by and that's exactly what they were they were these 12 foot tall skeleton things and they had like werewolf heads and scary pumpkin heads and blood dripping and i'm like i am out and she's like dad they're so great i'm half empty man no
0: see i don't like scary halloween stuff i don't mind a little creepy but I guess I'm a little bit inured to scary on Halloween because my mother was super duper into it growing up to the point that she used to, to run a free haunted house through our basement and into our backyard oh with really? people in the neighborhood oh dressing up. And we'd have people lined up down the street to get into this free haunted house that she created, like, in our house. And we would, like, play roles and things like that. And uh, then some kids came in and, and had a fight in there, and she shut it down. So then it was just a super elaborate front yard decorations um, and like tombstones. I remember one year she put like foam padding on the walkway and covered it in sheets and (laughs) blood looking stuff. So it felt like you were walking over body parts to get up to the door.
1: It's my worst nightmare.
0: My mother loves this stuff and like I she was always jumping out at us and scaring us as kids, so maybe that's why I don't like scary things to this day. This turned oh into boy. a therapy session. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, oh boy. All so right, how'd the poll I, go? What do we got? Well, so oh, I'm, you haven't my, said. I'm, what do you uh, mine,
1: my, Well, oh, I'm half, fully half empty. Uh, so my uh, little YouTube bar here shows three minutes ago as is fifty five percent half full. 45% half empty. I don't know what the latest votes are. It's 186 votes. So marginally half full on the skeletons. And I don't know what's the matter with you people. I, I just, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> and Drew's out. All right, wait, Drew, you still He's there? Like, wait, hang on, done. Drew, you still there? Drew.
2: Yeah, I'm right here. I'm engineering the show. All right. Well,
1: I'm just, I know you're engineering. So where are you on scary stuff? I just, I need to know.
2: Oh, no, not really. Not really my thing. No. Okay. All right. Yeah.
1: Amen, brother. That's all I'm saying. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> good, good. All right. All right. That is right. it. Super quick <laughs> on done. the way out. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I got some swag Super quick. Show. You You do the spiel. This I is, got the swag.
0: Yes. Okay. So this is the last day of our fall fundraiser, and we are unfortunately a little bit behind on our goal. We would be very appreciative if y'all would help us out with that. We know that you all are like the real fans and can step up to help us cross the finish line. Don't forget, you can get the tumbler with Jasper, who has abandoned us for some snack, I'm sure. We only have about $30,000 left to raise to hit our $100,000 goal, and today is the deadline. So in addition to the Jasper Make Me Smart Tumblr, we also have new swag, which Kai got, but I did not.
1: But I'm sure it's in the mail. So there are uh, hoodies. Yeah, hoodies zip up front. You can do your make me smart things. And I will tell you that so the color is um, it's kind of brownish, but they're super comfy and cozy. And if you live in a place that's not Los Angeles, where in my (laughs) shed it's approximately a thousand degrees today, there's this one. (laughs) And then there's also uh, the regular marketplace one. They will be really handy uh, when the weather turns. Um, I would put it on, except again, it's I'm I'm it's it's just not sweater weather here ever. But let's give the URL. Yes. It's marketplace.org slash give smart. It's it's not hard, it's fast. You can do PayPal, you can do Apple Pay. We will find a link in the show notes for you. We'll put it there, Tony's gonna put it there, or Marissa's gonna put it there, or somebody who actually does all the work on this show. Um yes. and look, it's we we I mean, look, this is true of everything. Be- Every public radio pledge drive ever, but we cannot, cannot do this without you. So if you could help us out, we would appreciate it. That's where I am.
0: Jasper needs more treats.
1: Oh (laughs) Well, and the truth is out.
0: (laughs) The truth is out. Buy more treats for Jasper. I'm kidding. All right. That's it for us today. We will be back on Monday. Well, I will not be back on Monday. I am going to be away all of next week. Uh, But Kai, you're going to be back on Monday. We got stuff.
1: We got stuff. We got, we got stuff. things. We, we got, got stuff. stuff. It's all in the pipeline. We got it's stuff. Yes,
0: it's in the pipeline. If you have questions that you want us to answer for our What Do You Want to Know Wednesday show on economy, business, technology, whatever moves your spirit, uh, send those our way.
1: You can do that at uh, makemesmartatmarketplace.org. You can also leave us a voice message at 508-827-6278, 508-827-6278, 508-827-6278, 508 827 6278. 508 827 6278. 508 you be smart and we will um we will get those messages and voicemails because they're the same thing
0: i love that everybody's in the chat like do it for jasper i
1: know
0: make me smart is produced by marissa cabrera today's episode was engineered by drew jostad who also wrote the theme music to our friday game which he also hosts
1: the team behind Half Full, Half Empty is Mel Rosenberg. What I loved was his exasperation. Of course I'm right here. I'm entering the show today. <laughs> team behind yeah, Half down. Full, Half Empty is Mel Rosenberg and Emily McCune. The director of On Demand is down to Tam. Bridget Bottoms right is doing some other stuff, of... but I don't want to leave her yes. name out. That's all I'm saying. Don't want to do that.
0: Yeah. We're not don't going. Well, nobody do forgets that. about Bridget. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine...